0: everybody welcome to the why the f not podcast this is episode 75 i am your host Stephen brogan cortez today's episode uh, a friend of mine from college another friend of mine uh, i swear how many times am i gonna say that a friend from college a friend from college again the best thing i got from college was not the degree but the connections i made there And today is one of those connections from csun michael Gamur. Michael is an actor. He is a U.S. Marine Corps veteran uh, who has, who's had one heck of a journey thus far in his life. Uh, he's had a Forrest Gump of a journey. Uh, and that's, and that, I only bring that up because, because he himself has walked across this great country of ours for veteran awareness. And, and we, didn't even, we barely talked about that. There's so much we talked about in this episode. We barely even touched on that. Uh, so sit back, relax, and enjoy the Why the F Not podcast with Michael Gommer I think that's a great point right there to start recording. Oh, okay. It was a nice little break, y'all. Welcome back to the Why the F Not podcast. Today, I have another friend from college stopping by, making a visit uh we have my friend michael gomer welcome welcome michael i'm so happy for you to be here man uh having this little like pseudo introduction again now that we're recording another hello but how you doing man how you feeling uh man i'm doing great thanks for having
1: me on i'm excited to uh like i said i listened to one episode you know i i really enjoyed it so i'm excited to just see where where the conversation flows you know where the tangents lead us
0: that's always the fun Some part.
1: More cool, yeah. <laughs>
0: I hope so. I mean, I'm sure it will, man. You're such an interesting person. That's what really got me curious yeah, yeah, to, fine. to just ask you to come onto the show. I mean, no,
1: thank
0: you. I mean, we could, we, I, we could, I could just dive into one of the biggest events of your life. I, from what I've seen, you know, from an outside perspective, like, right? From mm-hmm. social media, especially, right? But as your friend, seeing right. what you did for veteran, uh, for like awareness, for like how we treat veterans in this country but we could talk about that soon you're like forrest gump adventure if you will but yeah. i want i wanted to start out first with uh with uh like fuck so much i want to go my adhd just gets me going everywhere i have like a good amount of cannabis and caffeine going on right now so like there's a lot Love of run shooting yeah, a lot of things uh, shooting. Maybe not like, shooting. I'm just like, I got to grab one because I want to go into like, what are you doing now performance-wise? But then I want to go to like, well, what do you do? Or like, or like what, what was the f- – okay, I know where. I know where. What was the All first right. moment for you, Michael, that had you going like, why not try this? What was the first thing in your life, that, that the first big thing in your life, the earliest time in your life that you can remember? <clears throat> why not try this? And you went for it.
1: Um, man, that's an excellent, it's a a great question, (laughs) Stephen. Excellent. Most excellent. Um, yeah. Why not go for this? Um, the most vivid thing that pops out, um, the first, the earliest I can remember really saying that is, um, uh, I was in North Carolina. I was in my school, my MOS school, Marine Occupational Specialty um, School, uh, to become an electrical engineer. Uh, very fancy way of saying I w- worked on generators, basically anything with anything that had electricity or a diesel engine, which generators have both of those. So uh, that was right. our main thing. And the... School commander, whatever the fuck his title was, Um, I knew that he was gonna ask who wants to be the class, who wants to be a class leader. And like, whoever rose their hand first was gonna get to do it. And it was you're in front of like all these Marines at this point. You know, we were fresh Marines, maybe two months into the Marine Corps. Uh, No, probably uh, like two months into the Marine Corps. And as soon as he asked, I was like, I have to do this. Like, I just have to because, like, what if I don't so as soon as he asked i just like shot my hand up and he was like all right you and i was like fuck my life what did i just do i was (laughs) like i'm gonna throw up um and uh and it and it really it was just yeah why the fuck not like go for this thing if you're here go for it do it you know the, the worst you can do is get fired from this position and you're no longer the class leader and you're you know Fucking pleb. <laughs> you no, know, I mean, and you just want you know, you're just one of the you know, you're still a marine. I'm still it's not like I was gonna get docked in pay or like people were gonna hate me. It was just like you're not the class leader anymore, bro. And what I had to gain was everything. You know, I got a meritorious promotion, I got to be in charge, it was stressful, I learned a lot, I grew a lot. Um, I guess before that, now that I say that, I guess before that it was like joining the Marine Corps, like gotta do something with my life and so I, I don't that... know if that's the direction you were hoping for, but that's the direction no. that we just <laughs> uh, uh,
0: Like I said before, man, there was like neuron shoot. I, so there's stuff shooting up in my head here, in my noggin. You know what I mean? But I, I love uh-huh. where we where, where we started off here with this question and your response because we, I get a really nice understanding, like even better, right? Of the kind of person you are. But it's, now let's take it back a little bit further back. Where'd you Where'd you grow up, Michael? Where'd you grow? Up? I almost called you Mike. I almost fucked up there. But no, you can. <laughs> I mean, you. Can, no, you're Michael. You can just on the name
1: thing. I feel like people <laughs> should call me whatever you feel comfortable with. You know what I mean? Some people call me Mikey. It's very few because that's, I feel like that's a little more intimate, you know? And so very few people call me Mikey, but like, you know, if Mikey's the right thing to call me, you know what I mean? You'll say it, right? And then most people don't. Um, so Mike works. So one of my best friends, one of my groomsmen, you know, I'm getting married in April. One of my groomsmen calls me Mike and has always called me Mike. So like, you know, and two, actually Congratulations. two of my Thank you, but one of my groomsmen calls me Mikey, you know, and that's just how it rolls. And he's probably one of my only friends who does. Anyways, not the question you asked. I, I love the uh, tangent. You know, as my father said, who was a very wise man. I, I in my opinion, he was a philosopher. Um, he he said, I said, I'm sorry for the tangent. One day, and he said, Well, all a conversation is is a series of tangents. And I was like, Shut up! You're right. <laughs> <laughs> so, um. Yeah, I I just did two things that my voice over teacher would hate. I went um, and she's like calls you out on that so hard. Anyways, not what you asked. Again, I grew up an hour north of Los Angeles in Lancaster, the mo the Mojave Desert. Some people might be a little more familiar with that. Oh, um, it was uh, we moved originally. My family was in Pasadena, and when. About two months before I was born, my parents sold the house in Pasadena because Pasadena was like this not great place to live at the time. This was 1980, would have been 1985. Oh. It was not a great place to live. And now Pasadena is like, ha, 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 you know what I mean? Like everything is a million dollars starting. How interesting. I, have you seen Glass yeah. from
0: the Past, Michael? Have you seen Glass from the Past? It's it's a it's a Brendan Fraser movie with uh, Alicia Silverstone. Oh yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. With Nuclear Christopher Walken. Yeah.
0: yeah. A it's, it, yeah. it's just so it's it's just so. I only bring it up because like Brendan Fraser's mom's like, oh, find yourself a girl from Pasadena, you know? Because like, and, uh. like I don't know, like movie references, especially I don't know references of Pasadena from like the '60s was always like the idea of like Pasadena's like this really nice place. It's yeah, you know, pristine or whatever. But now, he, but it's, it just shows you like the the cycles and of I, you uh, know, of and an I think. Area.
1: Pasadena's always had really nice parts of it you know what I mean the Wrigley Mansion is there from Wrigley Gum you know the Rose Parade like Pasadena's always had a
0: I don't know the Wrigley hey, hey, hey. Mansion was there oh
1: yeah yeah one I'm sure one of several I think another one I think another one's in I think it's Wrigley I could be confusing that with the mansion in Detroit but I think it's Wrigley I'm sure they had more than one I mean that gum was the bee's knees. It's still around, you know. So I mean, must be doing something right.
0: It's still the that uh, pajamas, yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's still still good to go. Um, I yeah. So grew up in the Antelope Valley, man. An hour north of Los Angeles. Very much not Los Angeles. Super conservative, farm community, small. When we moved there, the newspaper was still dropped off via horse. Wow. Um, yeah, I I I never. I didn't grow up on a dirt road, but there were no sidewalks. It was just road, and then a good stretch of dirt, and then your property. And so my parents moved there because the house, the housing was cheap, um, and they both were able to get jobs as teachers there and raise a family of five. You know, and have a house that was it was three bedrooms at the time. I shared a room with one two. Uh, one time there was all, it was three boys and my sister. So there's four of us in one room, my great aunt and another, my parents had their own room. And then my sister was living out in the tent trailer. Um,
0: nice big family.
1: slowly, Yeah. And so slowly the house was added on to and added on to, uh, but growing up there definitely shaped me as I'm sure everybody's, you know, everyone's childhood and where they grew up or all the places they grew up shape them. Right. So, but you must have a wild rat.
0: perspective, man, of of, the de- of developments, of of societies, and of technology. If you were living, if you grew up in a place that was still delivering mail by horse, and then uh, what's what's that town like now? What's that place look like now? Do your parents still I mean, have that home?
1: No, they don't. My mom just sold it and moved to Texas, where I currently am as well. We all came out to Texas just because of the. Uh, uh, the the prices well my, for various reasons we all ended up in in Texas and I actually am enjoying it never thought I would end up here I was like Texas
0: <laughs> we're in Texas um, well we don't want to we want to uh, get your location but like where where are no, you no I'm here? in
1: Georgetown Texas about forty minutes north of Austin it's ah. it's charming it reminds me a lot of where I grew up in terms of like conservative it's not Austin it's becoming more like that but it is like it is very much and for the most part, not in a, in alignment with my political ideologies and where I stand. Um, but I do like I do like our house. We got to you know, live in a beautiful house, uh, live in a beautiful community. Mm. And so I, I can't complain too much there. Uh, you had asked me something and then I went off in a no, direction. No, no, no.
0: Beautiful tangent. As your father said, tangents, they are what made yeah. the conversation. So okay, so you moved, and and okay, so now let's get. If I if there's anything in between this point and the next point, I want to take us to, let me know. But what had you go? Let's go to the Marine Corps. What 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 sparked that for you?
1: Yeah, the Marine Corps was something I never thought I would do. Something if my my oldest brother, who was quite a bit older, he was. Gosh, Dietrich was you know, tw- over 20 years older than me. I remember him asking, he was in the Navy and he was like, have you ever thought about joining the military? And I was like, huh, bro, no, I love Mohawk. <laughs> I was a punk rock kid. I was like, yeah, fuck authority, you know? <laughs> <laughs> fuck establishment, you know, which then realized that like, unless you're some alpaca farmer making your like own clothes with your own wheel, you know, the, you're escaping, in the yeah, yeah, escaping Corporation is like okay, well that's cute and all, you know. <laughs> like, good luck. Like we could put our dollars in, you know, more ethical businesses for sure. But to escape it completely is kind of a pipe dream. Uh, so people would ask me, I would say no. And then my best friend, who I also like, had this crush on, who I, I was not out at the time. I had this crush on, was like I'm joining the Marine Corps. I was like that's dumb. And then. <laughs> And then after thinking about it for a moment, I was like, what am I doing? I'm working at Sport Chalet part-time. I'm working at this, like, land development as a laborer, part-time land development company, you know, housing development uh, company. And I was uh, doing some other things that maybe for income that were maybe not my best choice. And... I was like, "What am I doing? I should join the military." So I went to the recruiter, and I was like, "I want to do this." And then I think a few days later, maybe maybe a week or two later, I went back, and I was like, "I don't want to do this. Actually, this was that was a bad idea." Retract, Sorry, like,
0: ret- can I retract my application, please, sir? <laughs> yeah,
1: exactly. And and I was able to, you know, like you can actually back out up until you're leaving to what's called Meps. Mm-hmm. Um, which is where they do your physical and all that stuff. You go there a couple times, but there's your final trip that you'll take before you, like... You have your final maps trip before you go to boot camp. And you can actually back out up until that point, even oh. if you sign some stuff. They don't, They won't let you know that, but you can. And... And then after go, I went home for a couple days and I was like, what am I doing? Like, this is your opportunity to go do something, be something, go to school, mm-hmm. you know, get out of here, get out of your parents' house. Not that I, I I liked my parents' house, but I was 20 and thinking why I'm still at my parents' house. This isn't, this isn't uh copasthetic. And so I went back and I was like, Hey, I want to go as soon as I possibly can. And two weeks later, Boom. yeah, it was supposed to be three weeks, but then they were like, we'll give you a $50,000 college bonus, which... I was like, if you go a week earlier, and I was like, cool, yeah, 50 grand, I'm going to go anyway, let's do it, you know? Uh, and then when I got out of the Marine Corps, when I was getting out, I was like, hey, you know, signing up for the GI Bill. I was I was uh, originally Montgomery GI, switched to post 9-11. There's some subtle differences in there. And I was like, hey, I'm supposed to have this $50,000 college bonus. And they're like, nah, bro, it's not in here. What? I was like, cool, so recruiter, you know recruiters are notorious for lying at friends who are recruiters who have been recruiters they're wonderful people uh but you know maybe he really did try to get me that bonus but i'm gonna say that you know and he just messed up i don't know they got there it's a whole numbers thing if they don't have enough numbers they're screwed so that's yeah. what led me to the marine corps well the other part of it was I thought about telling people, if they asked me, you know, what, what branch of service are you? And I thought about saying, like, I'm a sailor, I'm a soldier, I'm a coastie. <laughs> and I was like, the only one that sounded like solid to me was I'm a Marine. And so I chose the Marine Corps. Uh, yeah.
0: And so and before, before the Marine Corps, like before you decided to go like as far as dreams and aspirations went, like what? What was Michael thinking at that time? What was Michael back then thinking? I've
1: always wanted to help people. I've always wanted to. Yeah, I've always I've always wanted to help people. Um, you know, family, friends, whoever, just whoever, anybody in need. Um, but I. I didn't have any specific goals, and you know, I was twenty years old with no goals, no direction, no nothing. You know, I remember when I was eighteen, my mom was like, "We're not going to be able to, we're not going to be able to afford college for you. Like, college is not a thing." And I was, even though I had two parents who had higher educations and were, who had a higher, had higher educations, yeah, and, and were in education, you know, were teachers. Mm-hmm. School, going to school was never. Like a thing, you know, what school are you going to go to? What do you want to be when you grow? You know, it was, there was never any of that. And I don't know if that's because, uh, because my parents were like, we have this free spirit child. He's just going to figure it out. I, I don't know why. I don't know what it was, but there was never any of that. And so, you know, my mom recently was like, it just didn't seem like you were interested in anything, you know? And I was like, I was interested in so much stuff, but. You know, I was interested in being like a a treasure hunter. and How how attainable is that? (laughs) You know, I was interested in, I loved singing, but I stopped because some kids made fun of me and also I was afraid that I would be outed. You know, like anything that could be seen as like not masculine and super straight, I was like, I got to stay away from that. You know, down to the way I, not crossing my legs a certain way or wearing V-neck t-shirts, like every little thing that could be perceived as me being gay was like, cut it out. And so I think that was a big part of it was it was just constantly shutting parts of myself off because I was afraid of, of being of someone people knowing I was gay and, and, and yeah, that, that really definitely shaped uh, a lot of my, a lot of my life and continues to, you know, good or bad. It continues to.
0: Yeah. I like to yeah. think of it as like, Like, we have like these gardens that's that's our lives, right? And then, like, all these little things that we get, like little dreams, maybe, or little things we start liking, they're like little seeds in our garden that we make, right? And Mm -hmm. we can sometimes tend to those gardens ourselves and water them and do what we can, right? But sometimes people shit all over your garden, you know? And like, it's like, why are you pissing on my garden here? It's like, this is my little sand seed. Like, what's going on? Yeah, they
1: just, yeah, they're just dumping salt.
0: Yeah, Yeah. and it makes that makes the soil like infertile, and you're just like, I wanted to sing, but now these motherfuckers over here are making me feel so self conscious. How am I supposed to get better and learn? Like, yeah, Yeah. it's. But you know, I mean, for for
1: every you know when 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 One Direction is closed off, you know. forever or for a short period of time then you know then then you're forced to pivot and choose another direction right Mm -hmm. i mean so and i and i don't regret where my life has taken me at all i mean it's taken me to some it's taken me i've met so many amazing people and traveled and you know had all kinds of cool shit happen so i'm not i'm not i'm not hating on my yeah i'm not the life that i've had it's beautiful it's been amazing the experiences super you had
0: shaped who you are today you know we, you can't look at them as good or bad like you said it's just you took turns you took choices man and you seem like yeah. a wonderful human being just from my perspective Thank you. you seem like you've turned out like a very pleasant uh, upstanding <laughs> human being uh,
1: <laughs> I try to be. I try to be. People are. Whenever people find out I was in the Marine Corps, they're like, "No way! I can't see it." They're like, "You're too nice. Your hair's too long." And da 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 da. da. And I'm like, "Yeah. Well, I used to be a short-haired asshole. I mean, I wasn't an asshole, but I didn't. I wasn't mincing words with people. You know, it's like, I was, mm. I was not afraid to choose someone out and make them cry. <laughs> yeah. You know, for better or for worse. I look at that. I look back on that, and I'm like, oof. Ooh, maybe some of those weren't my best choices but you're growing you know, you're, you're learning. Yeah, you're young, you know, as young you're a young kid in charge of other young kids, but you're you're literally in charge of everything about their life and you're you barely have anything figured out and even at 36 you know the older I get, I realize, you know, the line from Game of Thrones, you know nothing, Jon Snow. The older I get, the more I realize I know nothing. (laughs)
0: Yes. (laughs) So true. So So true. Yeah. So So true. And I love to see also from just from the little you've shared of your of your of your journey in life. Right. I like seeing your your aesthetically your journey like you used to be this punk kid, you said, right, like a mohawk. Yeah. And then you went to the Marine Corps, got all like clean cut. Right. Probably got like the clean cut, haircut, all that, whatever. And now looking like sunshine out of Remember the Titans, man.
1: <laughs> yeah, and I'm about to cut I this mop it. off pretty soon, so it's about to go back to short-haired Michael. I've got to book some commercials. Hey, all right. <laughs> no one's
0: looking for a sunshine out there for commercials. You
1: know, I mean, <laughs> I you know this is one of the one of those things, right? As I'm sure you understand, uh, in the world of acting your aesthetic matters and yeah. you're when you're when, when, when we're not booking, we're like, what is it? Why am I not booking? And one of the first things I'm turning to is my hair. Maybe my hair is holding me back. Maybe it's not. I know I talked to my agents and I was tiptoeing around it. And I was like, so I was, I was thinking about cutting my hair, but I'm not really sure. You know, what do you, what do you guys think about doing it this time? And they responded within like, minutes and they were like
0: cut it cut it it's holding you back and i was like oh okay like glad we had this talk y'all <laughs> <laughs> like, but thank you for
1: letting me express myself and like find this on my own which i actually do really appreciate
0: about them but yeah yeah and at least when you asked they were they were honest and they weren't just yes people who were just like no 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 you look great you look great no you want it you look great they were like right they were up front with you
1: yeah, which I think is, I think is super important. You have to be, you know, you, 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 your yes person can be like your mom, you know, and even a mom should be able to tell you like, they you're making some choices right now that are not your best choices. But I feel like you have to be surrounded by people who are going to be real with you. You don't have to be an asshole about it. Yeah. But no. tell you the truth. You know, and if it's a yes, great. Tell me it's a yes. But if it's a no, then I need to know because I'm not trying to walk around with, you know, mustard or whatever on my face, and everyone's like, "No, you look great, Michael. Mustard's really in
0: right now." Like, no, it's fucking <laughs> not. <laughs> Why would you say that? You know, it's like the emperor's new clothes. Yeah,
1: ex- exactly. You know, how many stories you are there naked. about that? Yeah,
0: just walk yeah. around naked. Everyone's like, "Oh, you look great. Don't worry about it." So, yeah. talking about acting talking about acting you have marine corps Mm -hmm. where 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 did acting come from where when did that start where did the why the f not start for that
1: the real why the f not started after the marine corps when i was talking to my parents and i was talking about wanting to sing and act and they were like you should definitely go do this my dad was like you're not gonna get younger and he was, he was, my dad was super
0: real. He was Scott. That's, from very, was that's not a about. very grounded answer. How old were you at this yeah. point? Like you're not getting younger son. If you want to do this, do it now.
1: <laughs> yeah. I was, I was, yeah, I was 26, you know, and I was, fr- I was fresh out of the Marine Corps, fresh out of Afghanistan. Um, and he was like, you're not getting younger. And like the time is, you know, this is your time. He always would tell that They'd always tell me that this is your time. This is your time, Michael, this is your time. And. So I was supposed to go to CSUN as a kinesiology major and I called them like the next week and was like, I want to switch to theater. Can I do that? And they were like, sure. And then I showed up to an audition for, I was auditioning for Constantine and the Seagull.
0: Oh my gosh, the Seagull.
1: Yeah. And I was at the little theater. (sighs) This was my first audition, you know, i god <laughs> was, how did this what go a hot, what a hot mess i was i walk in i do first i learned a monologue from the seagull as constantine which is like weird enough in and of itself right <laughs> auditioning for the role with the role like not saying that you can't do it but maybe that's not your best choice you know <laughs> like and there's I, like something I know about
0: There's something about like, like, yeah, you don't know about it. You're a little naive because you don't know. But there's something like charmingly arrogant about that. Just being like, I'm just going to do this. And I memorized it. I'm not supposed to do that. My bad. I did it, though. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah.
1: And I walk in and he was like, OK, what are you doing? And I was like, I'm doing a model. I'm doing, you know, (laughs) Constantine (laughs) from the sequel. (laughs) what, What was Larry's reaction to that? I mean, he was, I think he, I can't remember. I think he had like a little bit of like a, okay, you know, his smile that he always has, <laughs> his little smirk of like, ah, this ought to be interesting. Okay. And so he's like, okay, you know, go ahead. He asked me a couple of questions. Go ahead, begin. And I'm facing, you know, I'm on the stage facing out, right? It's like center stage mm-hmm. facing out. And as soon as he tells me to start, I immediately do like not a forty-five, but like a sixty-degree turn to the right. So I'm almost facing like directly. I'm almost facing directly, uh, you know, stage left, stage yeah, stage right, and um,
0: (laughs) towards like that double door exit. By the yeah, I'm
1: like basically I'm just facing the wall, and I deliver (laughs) this monologue to the fucking wall.
0: (laughs) And he's like, "Bold."
1: (laughs) And then years later. You know, not years later. One am I, like years later. <laughs> years later. Like two years. Cal
0: State Northridge. Benjamin came yeah. back.
1: <laughs> two years. It was two years. It was about a year and a half later, and I'm auditioning for Pinter Tea Party, and <laughs> I'm Larry. At one point, was like, "Why didn't you? Why didn't you audition for for you know the Seagull? Why weren't you in the Seagull? You know, why didn't you audition?" And I was like, I was just like. Yeah, I don't know. Good, good, <laughs> really good question, Larry. I don't know. I was just like, I'm not about to like rehash this. Oh, I face the wall, you know?
0: We're just going to forget so that. That. Was, that was a fever yeah, dream.
1: Yeah, yeah. We're just going to let that go. But before that, my mother was a professional opera singer. And so music and That's where it came theater from. were very much in my house. Yeah, and we used to put on little circuses and plays me and my siblings when we were younger in the backyard and i my mom taught the theater music program at the elementary school that she taught at and i went to third through eighth grade and and did a couple things there but then like i said earlier after after some unfortunate incidents of um being made fun of i was like this isn't for me why but yeah, that was, that was really where it started. I mean, everything is a song in my house. It was a song growing up. Everything was a song. Crossing the street. There was a song for Crossing the Street. Our phone number, our address, saying thank you. Um, like a song for for everything. Learning your name. Uh, I mean. That's
0: so charming.
1: Yeah, yeah it, it, it really was. Looking back, I I really realized how, how fortunate I was to have all of that to be surrounded by music and to be surrounded by opera and classical music. And, um, yeah, just really, I've, I've, I've had a very privileged life, not saying it's been, you know, hasn't all been roses. It's been, it's been some really, some, some, some major tragedies, but I've really had yeah. a very, a very privileged life. Um,
0: I feel sorry for those people that made fun of you, those kids that made fun of you, because they didn't know the joy that came from singing, you know? That's all it was. they made them feel uncomfortable, or they just thought, oh, that's different. That's not what I was yeah, told I'm, was cool or tough.
1: Yeah, yeah. I, yeah, I mean, I definitely, I just, I, yeah, I, I, my heart breaks for them and what they were experiencing and how difficult mm. their life had to have been, because that's they were in a place where one they weren't exposed to it and two it wasn't okay so anything that they were feeling had to be suppressed and you know and that when you're suppressing who you are then it it can kind of jump out in nasty ways towards other people you know so more than feeling sad for myself about oh they you know because i'm here aware of it and fine and i'm like i hope that i hope that they were able to do the same and understand that like whatever inclinations they had towards music or whatever it was that they were and are now in a place where they can express that because how unfortunate to live a life without being able to be yourself.
0: It's a very sad and angry life. Yeah. Very sad and angry. (laughs) Speaking of like suppressing your identity, like once was there like, what was it like for you? Like, like the point you came out, Because you're talking about how you weren't out yet before, like the Marine Corps and all that stuff. What was it like for you, like, 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 as like an artist, as like a person trying to figure out who they are, you know, what they want to do? What did coming out do for you?
1: Coming out allowed me to be happy for the first time in a long time. I remember after I came out, I was like, "Oh, this is what happiness feels like. This is what it feels like to be happy." I was twenty six.
0: Oh my gosh! I don't know if it's the weed, but that makes me—that breaks my heart. Like, just be like, this is what happiness feels like at 26. Like, I don't know. To live in a society that makes you suppress yourself, you know, so much that you don't know what happiness is. It's
1: just. Yeah, you know, and it's not to say that I didn't laugh before or have Mm -hmm. moments of, of joy, but to like actually feeling this overwhelming, to have my to the to have. The main feeling, my biggest feeling, my embodiment, be happy was like, oh, that's what that's that's how this feels. And I can remember this. I can remember this feeling, but I was a little, little boy, you know, Mm, six, five, you know, and so uh, because you spend or I spend many people, many people I've talked to, you know, whether, you know, wherever they fall on the spectrum, but that are that don't identify overwhelmingly as as straight um the feeling is that you're very aware of it and you're always pushing it down and pushing it down and pushing it down and never letting it bubble you know never let it never never really being yourself never letting your true light shine because you're afraid that someone will shit on it you know pour salt on it whatever you however you want you know however you want to say that that your your light will be put out and so yeah when i came out and said you know what i don't give a fuck what anybody thinks i don't care if that means my family like disowns me i don't care if it means my friends disown me i don't care what it means being not living my truth and staying in the closet is going to end is going to kill me Mm. and i'm not and i'm not i'm not giving up i'm not doing i'm not doing that I'm not doing that you know mm. and i think that's a, i think that's what a lot of people come to i think that's what you have to be prepared not a lot of people and i think le- maybe less and less as time goes on as the world becomes more accepting but i think that many people especially back in the day like before me you had to come to terms with the fact that like hey everybody you love and know might turn their back on you but you have to you know the the alternative is you know, and and fortunately for me, most of most people in my life overwhelmingly were supportive and cool. You know, Lovely. but I know plenty of people who aren't, and I've, and later in life, I've I have family. My sister is like not cool. It's like all of a sudden not mm. cool with me being gay, and I'm like, well, I'm fucking thirty six. I've been out for a decade. Like, how is this now a thing? Like, what is your problem? Yeah. So, you know, and it's one of those things you always are always doing always coming out always yeah whatever it is what it is like i'm cool with who i am and if someone has a problem with that then i realize at this point then that's that's on them
0: people it, it's yeah it people's actions are a reflection of their character not ours you know yeah. like if it's someone like, if someone has a problem because you're gay it's like what the fuck is me being gay doing to you <laughs> Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> what's, you know, exactly. What's yeah. that got to do with you? I'm so sorry. It's just that's. Yeah. I think the question is why. Yeah. Why does it upset her? You know. It's like what. Why are you so attached to it? Like why are you identifying? Like I don't. Yeah. It's it's odd. I was it's. I was having this conversation with someone on on the TikTok world, and they uh-huh. were having a they were having a conversation with someone. They're a they're a gay man, and they were having a conversation with someone at work. Right. And then they were just saying how they're like, you know, they're proud to be a man, blah, 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 blah. And there's a transgender man who was also there. And They were like, oh, don't say that. That hurt like that. Uh, that uh, what does that say? That's like um, that invalidates my experience or that, that makes me that was making the transgender male person that making him feel a certain way. Right. And then uh, the guy who was telling me this story said that he was just so confused why the transgender guy was, you know, why it was affecting him this way. And then I was, I was just having this conversation on the, on the live and stuff just talking about how, like, well, it's all about nuance and experiences, you know, and everyone has a different experience. Like, for you, saying that, you know, you're proud to be a man, cool, you're a gay man, you maybe have different experiences of being a, a man than I do as a, you know, a straight identifying man. We have different experiences. Yeah. But this man, this transgender man, but identifies as a man, has his experience and his experience of being a man. Might not have been so easy, and yeah. that's what we found out later on from like me talking to this person that he said, yeah, like that. That's just where all this lies. It, it's not saying anything against like my friend who's like the gay man. Nothing against him. It, it's all about having that conversation and an understanding that the transgender guy, he's just trying to express that. It just makes him feel a certain way, you know, because it wasn't easy for him to say I'm a man, you know. And it's yeah human experience is so nuanced and why, and I don't know why it like shakes people so much when something's slightly different. It's very, uh,
1: no, you're, you're forced to look at your life and answer, answer. You're, you're forced to be accountable. You're forced to Mm -hmm. be accountable with yourself when you answer those questions and look at who you are and what things mean to you and why they mean what they mean, you know, and accountability is tough. No one gotta was like, you know, accountability is tough. It just is.
0: Got to break down your ego. That's what I. That's what C. Sun taught me from all those acting classes. Shout out Corey Sorenson. You got to break down oh, that course ego. right now.
1: Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah, I'm. Yeah, and yeah,
0: yeah. Just to be able to have a conversation, just to like allow yourself to be taken away by tangents, to be like a, open to other people's opinions and thoughts. You know, you have to be. You have to let that ego down. Let yourself flow.
1: Yeah, to not always be right. Oh, which is, yeah,
0: that's it, right there. I feel
1: like, yeah, but that's a that's a big part of the ego is wanting to be right. And it was interesting because I think I think it was in a conversation I was having to, with you leading up to this. You, I, you were explaining something to me. I was explaining something to you. I, I don't remember. I don't remember, <laughs> but. It was probably something that you knew about and, or maybe it was when I was listening to you. Damn it. Now I can't remember (laughs) either way. The point of the story is if you said, Hey, Michael, I am going in for an audition. You're like, Hey, Michael, just wanted to let you know you have to slate at the beginning of an audition. I can be like, yeah, I know bro. Like I've done thousands of auditions I know, you know, Mm -hmm. because I'm afraid that if I say, oh, thanks for that information, then all of a sudden I've given away something because Mm. it makes it seem as though I didn't know that information. And somehow that degrades me as an actor, which means that I'm, you know, I'm not right. I'm not. And it's just like, no, man, you just, you can, you can know a thing and thank someone for telling you something that you've already known. Like it doesn't, you know, it's not going to affect whatever it is you're doing or it shouldn't.
0: That's something I struggle with, not just as an actor, but just as a person. Just like when I'm talking to Stephanie, my girlfriend, right, and like she's just telling me something, and like my ego tries to get in there and feel like, like, why is she telling me this? I know what I know what it is, but it's like, no, just she needs, just listen to her. Shut up, you know. Just yeah. uh...
1: And it's tough, man. But we have to. It's one of the. You know, it's one of those. One of those things that I, I feel like being. An actor has taught me is being aware, you know, being, being present as they say, mm. uh, but being, being aware and, and making choices, right. Make, I remember Larry, Larry again, being like, that's a non-choice. And I was like, it can't be a non-choice. I had to, there's some sort of choice built in this, but what he mean is I was being, I wasn't being specific with my choice. I was just making a generalized choice instead mm. of. Instead of, you know, the uh, that cloud shaped like a blob. Well, what's the blob look like? It doesn't look like, you know, that club is shaped, shaped like a blob that looks like a dog, you know? It's more, more specific. I feel like that's such an elementary explanation. But yeah, those specific choices are very important. And not only in acting, but in our everyday life and paying attention to those specific things that are happening in our life. I hope that's not confusing for people when they're listening to it. That might be. I feel like I got a little confused for a second. So
0: <laughs> I love where I you're like, taking wait. it. No, I love where you're taking it. No, because th- you can learn so much from theater, especially about choices. Like I had a theater teacher mm-hmm. myself who said, N- not about the right choice or the or the wrong choice. Just make a choice. Make a choice. Right. Yeah.
1: Yeah, and and I think that is where it has to start. You know, there is there is no there is no good or bad. There's just, there's the choice you make. And and for my favorite analogy of it was listening to someone talking about an artist painting something. Mm-hmm. And what they were saying is with every stroke of the brush, they are destroying the painting, but they're also creating or giving life to something new, right? Because right. once you've put a mark on a piece of canvas, like that piece of canvas now has a mark and it will affect every other stroke you make and you know not a good or bad way but it's going to affect it and it's going to change it so
0: it's not the same canvas it was before that stroke
1: life's like a a (laughs) canvas bro (laughs) we're the oil paint Um, enjoy the strokes man (laughs) enjoy the strokes bro (laughs) But I, I do think that there's something important to be, to be learned from that. That you know, it, it's like I, I think a lot about, and I, I don't feel bad, but it, it's strange to say. And my older brother passed away in 2017. My oldest brother, um, so and my father passed that. away in 2000. Oh, thank you, my, and my father passed away in 2014. And a lot of things, you know, with. Death is such a final final thing mm-hmm. and and heartbreaking, you know especially when it, when it's someone you love and care about and who's a big part of your life uh, it's heartbreaking when anybody dies it, but we feel it more when it's someone that we knew you know and, and, can, and can recall those you know recall what their voice sounded like, what their hugs felt like, what their hand felt like what they the what they smelled like yeah. yeah yeah their essence and i miss them both dearly and there was a lot of shit that has happened since they passed that i wish they were around for and could have helped with and, and all those things but at the same time their passing and the lessons that i learned through that have brought me to where I am now and I don't, I'm, I'm happy with where I am now. You know, what a, what a one, what a waste of their life. It would be if they passed away and nothing was learned and gained and nothing was, my life didn't progress in some sort of positive direction. Like what a, what a, how tragic would that be? You know, that's just a tragedy on top of a tragedy. And, um, uh, then there was a second point I was going to make the tragedy of not learning anything from their life, but also not being happy with where I'm at, you right. know, just being so stuck in it with like, oh, they're gone and now I have nothing. It's like, well, then then what the fuck is the point? Why are like learn, move forward, you know, and in, in, in the best way you can. And everybody does that differently. And that was another tangent.
0: That. I love it. No, I love it. Death is a subject people are really scared to talk about. You know, they like to, It's something else they like to push away and suppress, but it's it's just as much as part of life as life is. Yeah, I mean, yeah,
1: it's it's the it's your only guarantee. I mean, right as it we've all heard that before, it's, you know, death is the only guarantee in life and taxes. And as Yeah, and taxes. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it it, it is It is true. I mean, it's true. And Steve Jobs, you know, whether, you know, I won't speak to whether he was a good or bad person, but I will say that he delivered a great speech to the graduating class of Stanford in like 2013 or whatever year it was in his commencement address. And he said, you know, it's the cycle, you know, out with the old and with the new, and that's as it should be. Like that gives way to new ideas, to new things, to new, to progress, you know, and progress is, progress is, is tied to learning. And I remember having a conversation with my dad about, you know, when you're, I was like, the moment I was fucking, I don't know, I I don't know how old I was. I was like 19. I thought I knew so much. And I was like... (laughs) The moment you're born is, like, the day that you begin to die. my dad was like, what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> okay, <now?"> kid.
0: <laughs>
1: he's, like, he's like, okay, well, what's life? You know, what is life? And essentially what we had boiled it down to in our conversation, and I'm sure there's a million, you know, everyone, everyone has an opinion, you know, and I'm sure many differ from mine, but what we boiled it down to was that Um, life is about learning and growing, you know, progress. And if, and the moment you stop doing that, then that's when you're dying. That's when you're no longer living and, and and moving forward. Uh, the, when there's that regression and, um, there's a great quote by, um, I have to, I'm going to Google this really quick, but it's by Google it. It's from, uh, Ted Kennedy, um, and it's actually, which an, another character that isn't maybe not, um, maybe not a, a favorite <laughs> from, you know, the, the, whether he was good or bad is, is up for, um, is up, open for interpretation. But he delivered his brother's eulogy, Robert Kennedy, um, when he was assassinated. And a lot of the eulogy actually stemmed from when Robert Kennedy was speaking in South Africa uh, on their day of affirmation uh, back in 1960-something. And he was talking about progress. And, um, and that was I was hoping that by the time I was explaining that I was going to find the speech. <laughs> Essentially what he says, though, is... We will continue to move forward, even even when there's people who don't wanna move forward, they're, they're gonna be drug along because we'll continue mm-hmm. to make progress. And I just feel like I butchered that whole setup. I'm sorry, everyone, please forgive me.
0: No, you gotta fake <laughs> it till you make it. Don't apologize. You gotta own it, stick the landing and go, ha, ah, I did it.
1: Yeah, right. I'm trying, I wish I could find it, I wish I, it's one of my favorite speeches to listen to. Um, you can listen to it on, it's like great American speeches in history and um and i it's everybody it's worth listening to and that's where i'll leave it
0: let's see was it it was ted kennedy's tribute
1: it was yeah it was uh robert it was robert kennedy's eulogy eulogy for robert kennedy oh here we go um i found it progress gotta love um, okay. Uh, yeah. So it says, let's see the cruelties and obstacles of this swiftly changing planet will not yield to the obsolete dogmas and outward slogans. They cannot be moved by those who cling to a present that is already dying, who prefer the illusion of security to the excitement and danger that come with even the most peaceful progress. And I don't know how those are connected, except we're talking about progress and sometimes people have to be drugged along
0: the cruelties and obstacles of this swiftly changing planet would not yield to the to the obsolete dogmas and outworn slogans. Outworn slogans. They cannot be moved by those who cling to a present that is... Let me, let me zoom in more. It's a little far from me. There you go. Cling to a present that is already dying, who prefer the illusion of security to the excitement and danger that come with even the most peaceful progress. I mean, I think, yeah, that, that's all about don't stay compliant and comfortable, that life's about growing, life's about, that, that that's the normal way of life. That Yes,
1: that, thank
0: you. <laughs> you know what thank I mean? you. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And that's so true. Again, I just think about that garden again. The, the garden dies when you don't tend to it. The flower mm-hmm. wilts when it's not watered anymore. You know, mm-hmm. you got to you got to treat yourself as such. Yes. Oh, man. OK, so let's see. Let's see. So. CSUN. CSUN brought you over. That's where we met. You started acting there. Yeah. And what was uh, your experience at Seasun like?
1: I love CSUN for the first time. I felt like I had a tribe. I mean, minus the Marine Corps, I felt like I connected with the Marines, but like I felt. I love Marines because Marines were always down, but CSUN, I felt like I had, I had like my tribe and people who were. who I could just be me and they could be them, and it was totally cool. And, you know, you could break out into song or. (laughs) or accents or whatever and someone would join in with you and be like yeah let's run with this you know and it was it was wonderful it was fantastic and it gave me a wonderful opportunity to to be myself and it was I started going there shortly after coming out and so it was like I was coming out and I was in theater and I was (laughs) you know in a sewing class and I was had a boyfriend and, you Ooh. know, and it, it was just, you know, things were just gay and wonderful. <laughs> and, <laughs> and I went to my first pride and it was, it was fantastic. And, a, and so many wonderful teachers there and so much opportunity. And I appreciated the fact that it was not a BFA because I am a person who likes to have the broad experience And so I feel like I mostly focused on acting, but I also, there was set design and stage management and dancing, and here's how you're going to sew some shit and make a backpack and make a shirt and make hats and, you know, all of those wonderful. And here's, you know, uh, Elizabeth taught us, uh, taught my class, my, when, when I was doing it, she was the one teaching the architecture class. Which I use on the regular on a regular basis. You know, Doric, Ionic, Corinthian. You know, <laughs> like she taught us. You know, the different columns and so much useful information that had I not been in that environment, I would have, I would have never had it. I would have never been exposed to it if I was just focused on acting. And not to say, not to knock anybody who went to a BFA program and is living their best BFA life. Like that is. The journey that some people want and need some people want to be that specific you know and i like i said specific is good uh, but i i like to have my specificities broad you know and maybe that's why i'm not a series regular on something right now i don't know um but (laughs) but uh you know i am happy with my life and i live in a beautiful home and have great friends so like feel like i'm doing something right
0: yeah well, just having the opportunity to go out for opportunities, right? That's that alone is like and like you're not struggling like, like you said you have a, you have your company, you have your home, you got your family, You got your friends, you're engaged like hey, the series regular that's going to come. That's going to come. Yeah. The universe knows that, you know, a wedding coming. Come on. You you want to book a gig now in a wedding? No. Universe is like, Michael, go get married and then come back. ABC will call, <laughs> maybe Hulu, Netflix. I don't know. I mean, any
1: of them. I'll I'll take all. I'll take all of them. <laughs> any, any and all of them. of them. Whoever wants whoever wants to knock on my door. It's uh, we're in Georgetown. Um,
0: I was gonna say. Yeah, I, that's what makes that's what makes uh, not Netflix. Fucking CSUN's theater program because I wasn't a theater major at CSUN, but I did right. know. I did know a lot of, you know, the theater majors and like what theater majors, what y'all were doing, because like all you were my friends, because we all did shows together. But th- I thought that's what was really cool about the theater program there, because I know there were a good amount of students who were like, "Oh, I wish I did more focus on musical theater or more focus on acting." And it's like, yeah, that's fair to want that, but then there's schools for that. But CSUN's not the school for that, you know. CSUN's the school that you can perform, like you'll have opportunities. But you'll also have a chance to, again, learn how to plot a light set, like, right? you know, light designing, set design, like yeah. you were saying, you know, the and, things you learn and from I there.
1: I, yeah. And I, and I think especially for people who are, I mean, not that I was some old person, you know, I was 26 or 27, graduated at 29. So not like I was some old goat walking into. <laughs> Hello, everyone. Hi,
0: everyone. I'm Michael. <laughs> Marine yeah, Corps veteran. And, yeah, well, but
1: I did, you know, I did walk in with a, a different life experience dang. than other people. You know, I was 29. I, you know, I was in the Marine Corps. I'd been to Afghanistan. Um, and not that those are better or worse than anyone else's life experience, but they are different experiences than a lot of people are going to have. And so with everyone being 19, 18, 20, you know, basically, eight somewhere between eight, 17, but probably eighteen to twenty-two. I had a little bit better idea of what I wanted, and a little bit better idea of how to go about it. Mm. And I was able to connect with the professors and the faculty, and understand that you know they're my they are, they are my friends. They were my friends now. They you know the ones who were my friends then or continue to be my friends and wonderful. But I knew. I understood how to, how to, how to work it a little bit more, you know, and understand like, if this is what you want, then this is how you go about it, you know, and I did that. And so I was able to even, I was able to have experiences that maybe other people weren't able to have. Like I was in there for, you know, Donald Petrie coming through and teaching the advanced acting for camera class. And, you know, Donald Petrie was, you know, you know, I mean, he's directed some, some, you know, movies we all know and have seen. And so I was able to get in on there. The one semester that he, you know, I think the one and only semester that that class was taught, I was able to get in on it. Um, even though I may not have had like the prereqs, because I
0: you're cool with the faculty. Because
1: I, because I, yeah, because I, because I, because I maneuvered, you know, like not trying to. I, I feel like it's, you know, I, I feel like it makes me sound like I'm such a user, like some, some like nefarious purposes. Uh, but I, I don't think it was quite that. It was more just understanding. Um, I don't know if it was, I don't think I, I necessarily went into it with the intention of like, I'm going to use this person, but it was like, I was able to connect with them and I liked connecting with them because there was right. something that professors were offering me in terms of, um, friendship that I, that maybe I wasn't getting from, you know, the younger, younger crowd, you know, um,
0: man, I, I take a shot in the dark here.
1: Yeah. Yeah, thank you. Please. I
0: yeah, I wonder if it was just like you were saying, you had all these experiences that you brought into your freshman year of college, right? Your freshman year. Let's let's just talk about that. You weren't really a freshman in any sorts. You weren't some fresh, you know, kid out of high school or coming into college or you were like not even you weren't necessarily like, you know, old either you know you were still rather young but you also had these experiences that matured you and not just matured you but also allowed you to be able to get out of your head while in you know in school and when every compared to everyone else in your in your class of that year right especially all the other freshmen that are coming in right they're a little bit less experienced in life and just saying that maybe they just came out of high school or maybe or maybe they didn't they weren't in the marine corps and they didn't just come out of afghanistan and, and they're still in a, they're in a different place growth-wise than you are you know and yeah. not good or bad again just you know just just different and i wonder if that just allowed you to just live outside of your head more than everyone else like speaking for me my freshman year i'm nervous i'm anxious how am i going to connect with my teachers cuz the teachers are some of your biggest assets in school like yeah. you're having trouble with school, with like the workload Talk to your teacher; they can help you out. You know, like they'll they'll give you leeway. You just got to talk to them. But we never get that as students. Well, for me, you know, as a younger st- when I was a younger student, like my freshman year, I'm just too nervous. I'm I'm in my yeah. head. I'm insecure. But I wonder if you just had a better sense of self of who you were. Especially, I don't know, were you already out by the time you got into CSUN?
1: Yeah, I was out, and I was actually I was actually a junior because I'd been going to oh a uh, community college. Yeah. Um. I don't know if that makes a difference. I just, yeah.
0: But you're still new to the school. Like you're still new Mm -hmm. to the school. Oh, yeah. Brand new. Yeah. So, but still, you didn't let that stop you or hold you back from just making connections. Not just, because here's the thing. Let's not make it sound like you were just making connections with teachers here, just trying to figure out the best classes and shit. Like you were hanging out with people. Like you were like soaking it all in and shit. Like we got to hang out. I wasn't even like, you know. Yeah. We got to hang out in the green room, the celestial place that is the green room. Yeah. I just think you what you had a leg up on is just a better sense of self. You were out of your head more, maybe, especially coming yeah. out, you know, grasping yeah. that identity. And then that allowed you just to connect more with people. I don't think you were a user. I just think you were naturally connecting.
1: Yeah. And I, I think that's kind of who I've, al- who I've always been, especially, especially after coming out. Like I've been able to just kind of let a lot of things go and just be myself and I love connecting with people and finding people and talking to people and, and seeing, seeing who, you know, how can I connect this person to that person to help them get what they want? You know what I mean? What they're, what they're striving for. um, And trying to use that more and more as I get older, you know, who do I know who can do this thing that so-and-so needs, um, which is great for like producing and whatnot.
0: Mm -hmm. um, Mm
1: -hmm. Oh, I also enjoy.
0: Oh my gosh. Well, we're about to hit an hour in and you just threw in that you'd like to do producing. Uh but I think yeah. that this might be a good time uh to uh I'm not holding you back from anything, am I?
1: No, not at all. I'm no, I've I've got about an hour before I need to be anywhere.
0: All right, lovely. So, uh so you said you listened to uh the last episode with Tom, right? So you listened to the whole thing? I did,
1: yeah. I did, yeah.
0: So you saw at the end we got that our lovely segment here at the Why the F not podcast our inside the actor studio segment if you will. Uh, have yes. you ever watched inside the actor studio?
1: I have. Yeah, I mean great, like great, like yeah. I mean
0: I just got I yeah. just got to mention it so, so so I don't get like sued by Bravo if they're still around if they're like, "Yo, you stole those questions." I'm like, "Motherfucker, it's a question. I'm just I'm giving them credit." <laughs> yeah, yeah. James Lipton rest yeah. in peace. Rest in peace, my dude. Uh, but these questions, I love them. They're deceptively yeah. simple. It's a great way to get to know someone. Uh, yes. And uh, are you ready to go? I think it's a great time to get it started.
1: Yeah, man. I think. I think. Yeah. I think so. I've I've I've, <laughs> I've thought about a couple of them, and I'm like, stop thinking about it. I remember Christine Menzies used to always be like, stop being clever, Michael. And what she meant was like, stop thinking. Like, stop trying to come up with your answers and come up with the way you're going to do it. Just like sit in the moment. So. It's been tough, but I've been trying.
0: (laughs) Like, just let the natural response, that natural choice come out. Yeah. All right. You're on stage right now with these questions, Michael. Here you go. Let's make a choice. First question is, what is your favorite word?
1: Oh. um... So... My favorite word as, like, a fun thing to say is dope and scraptacular blastic, which is not a, a real word, but what are, you know, word, no, no that, words wait, real, time, I guess. that
0: counts. Say that one more time, please. Uh, so I can dope soak and it scra- in.
1: Dope in scraptacular blastic. And it was something my friend said when I was younger. And it was just to explain, like, something was awesome. And I've always really enjoyed that word and the joy that it brings me, um, but also <sighs> the word that I, a word that my favorite word in terms of what, what I think is important is compassion. I think that mm. is, I think that is one of our, one of the most important words that is out there. And I think, yeah, compassion. It. Sorry, I, I, I stole two, but whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Rules are meant to be broken, am I right? Do it, yeah,
0: why not? <laughs> Take it up, man, I love it. All right, thank you, thank you. Yeah. Next question. What is your least favorite word?
1: My least favorite word is really anything that a person uses that gives away their power or makes it makes them makes essentially making themselves small and right now that word and for a while it's been just mm. i people say I, I just wanted i just wanted to ask you something i just wanted this i just wanted i just i just i just i just i just when it's like, no, what, you, you don't just want something, you know what you want. You know what you want, you know what you want to ask, you know what you need, but you're throwing out just as a way to get as a caveat. You know, as a as a it, it's not, it's basically saying it's not a big deal, it doesn't really matter, don't worry about it, like if you can't, I'm, I'm totally fine. And I feel like that word gets used a lot just as a very powerful word and people use it. I think more often than not to give away their power and Mm. were, as my father would say, I'm full of quotes from my father. Uh, but as he would always say, you know, the, the English language is is specific and people don't think of it as being specific. Necessarily people think of specificity in terms of numbers, but words are specific and the English language, any language really, you know, it, it is specific and I don't like to give away my power. I do it, you know, but I, I, I want to hear people giving away their power. I'm like, you don't have to give away, like you don't have to do that. Yeah. Wonderful
0: answer. Yeah.
1: Thank you. A, at least it's an answer. I don't know how wonderful.
0: <laughs> no, very, it, it was very, uh, as, uh, as you would say, it, t- it was very titillating. I liked it. There
1: I am. And there I, I am giving away some power. Good job, Michael. Um, <laughs>
0: <laughs> we all do it, right? I think, I, I think it's almost a, it's similar to when people like apologize when they don't need to. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: It's yeah, like it's that sense this...
0: of giving power away.
1: Yeah, it's the same thing in an email of being when at the, you know in an email when you're like, uh, but if you don't want to, it's totally cool. And it's like, no, fuck that. Like, it's not cool. And if you don't want to do this, then you tell me no. Mm-hmm. Because this is what I need and this is what I want. Ask for what you ask for what you need and what you want. Don't ask for what you think someone's willing to give. If you need a hundred dollars, ask for a hundred dollars. And if the person's like, hey, I actually only have five dollars, then. Thing, and they, and I'm willing to give that to you, great. If they're like, I have $0 to give to you, great. But if you ask for, you know, if you need $100 and you ask for five and the person, you know, maybe that person would give you 100 fucking bucks and you would have what you need to move forward and do the next thing or whatever.
0: I like that. Ask for be what direct.
1: That's for what you need. Yeah, be direct as Love much as it. possible.
0: All right. I think that's a good lead in for the next question. What turns you on emotionally, spiritually, or what was the other one creatively? Mm.
1: Man, what turns me on? Um, <laughs> that Wow. Uh, I don't know. I'm having such a hard time with this. What turns me on? Um, being active is the only thing that's really coming to mind. Being active, like physically active, walking, walking, really turn walking, really turns me on. Um, but yeah, I mean, anything, Pretty much anything physical, but walking's probably the number one. That and rock climbing. Good ideas pop out.
0: Nice. Or
1: at least ideas. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Dig it. Nice. Thank you. Next question. What turns you off creatively, spiritually, or emotionally?
1: I mean, the opposite of movement, not moving, but also the biggest turnoff for me in life is a lot people not being considerate of other people, of just not being considerate. I think it's, we, we all do it at some point. We're not considerate or we all decide I have a moment where we decide what I want or need is more important than the... Negative effect it's going to have on someone else, right? We all, we all every single day are making those choices. But I think it's very important, especially as an actor, to be considerate because it means that you're in the moment and thinking about what your choices are doing and how they are affecting the people, the earth, the animals, everything around you. So a lack of consideration is a huge, 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 huge turn off for me.
0: Mm. Wonderful. Thank you. Thank you. Likewise. No, thank you. All right. Next question. What sound or noise do you love?
1: I love the sound of the ocean, specifically like waves crashing on the beach. I love that sound so much. I... I, I yearn for it
0: constantly. Mm. Is that hard to get? Where you're at now in Texas? It it is it
1: is it is it is. Um, I mean, you know, we there there. Texas is on the coast, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. The Gulf Coast, but you know, I specifically yearn for the waves crashing in like California, <laughs> anywhere in California. Um, but that, that sound is, I think some, some of the most calming, Mm. one of the most calming sounds that there is, um, that and, uh, my dad's voice, Mm. I really, I have, I have some things that, you know, where I can hear his voice, like voicemails and stuff and his voice is always just very... rings up and takes me to so many places
0: yeah so. i bet beautiful beautiful oh. Thank you. next question what sound or noise do you hate mm
1: I dislike. hate um. Hate so strong. He <laughs> is so strong. I use, I, I use it. Use uh, it. Have fun. Uh,
0: hate it for a little bit. Uh, Just for right now. <laughs> uh, I.
1: I. Hmm. I can't really think of a noise that that I hate. Like if I hear it anytime, I mean, minus like I feel like chalk nails on a chalkboard. Like I don't really I don't think there's ever a time in my life where I'm like, I could do this uh, or any like loud, scrapey, screechy noises that hurt my ears. Yeah, I don't. I mean, I guess the, I guess that's the closest I would come to like, this is a noise that I can't stand but i feel like the hating of a noise is i feel like there's a tolerance for everything in any moment like you know maybe the at some point like being when i'm tired and someone's nagging me then that's the noise that i'm like <laughs> fucking stop i don't want fucking hear it you know yeah. like I, I feel like that's a situational thing and it depends on where i'm at you know but i guess yeah nails on a chalkboard loud screeching sounds are like don't fucking do that <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> which i i feel like such a i feel like that's so generic it's like yeah you and everybody else dude <laughs> yeah. you know
0: what's wrong with Whatever. that Whatever. that's fine yeah that, right what's wrong with that you're right own it Nothing. own the power Nothing of hating that. that sound own the power right. of hating that. like i hate it i hate nails on a track board <laughs> yeah thank you lovely dig it man thank you all right, this is a this is a crowd favorite. Next question, what is your favorite curse word?
1: <laughs> I did think about this one actually. <laughs> and my favorite curse word is cunt. Ooh. Oh,
0: oh, um, spicy.
1: But like we're not in Australia and or New Zealand, so it's a little out of Maybe not your, maybe not the best word to be using, which and I, I don't like to use it because of the sense that I feel like it has, it paints a subconscious negative thought and emotion towards women. And as, you know, as, female genitalia being bad and women being bad and, and women are bitches and nagging and like, it, like, I feel like it just paints this whole picture that I'm not about.
0: Right, but I right. do
1: enjoy that word and when I'm around people that I can use it with oddly enough the word the, the time I use that the most is with my friends uh, Lauren and Emmy and we usually do it with an Australian accent <laughs> and when we hang out we use the shit out of that word but you know on a regular basis my favorite cuss word is fuck oh okay yeah because it's you know fuck this fuck that fuck you fuck everything
0: universal <laughs> really yeah yeah and I feel like every you know A lot of people like fuck because it is universal. It's like I fuck you. Fuck. We fuck us. Fuck. Okay. Fuck you. Yeah. Yeah. Fuck is whatever you want it to be. Ah, dig it. That's that may be the title of the episode. I don't know. Uh, all right. Next question. What, what profession other than your own would you like to attempt? Um, I,
1: I would love to be a, like, explorer or a treasure hunter, rather. I would, Uh, I think being a treasure hunter would be, like, that was my M.O. as a child, was ride my bike out into the desert looking for treasure. People dump their trash and I would, like, sift through it, you know, like, kind of like not like, ba- I mean, bags of trash, yes, but more like when people would just like dump a bunch of random stuff, I would like go through it and see if there was any cool stuff. I don't think I ever found anything cool because it was people's <laughs> fucking trash.
0: Right. <laughs> you know, one man's trash,
1: another man's treasure, maybe not in every scenario, but I still love that. You know, I still love a good, I have to like, when I see a, a yard sale, I have to stop because I just have to like, what if there's like a fun treasure that I need to see or have or know about, Uh oh. Or an antique shop or any cool store. Um, so yeah, treasure hunting would be dope. I'd also love to be like a congressman. Oh. Yeah. I love politics. And I think that... Um, I think that there, there's... I, I, I love politics. And maybe that's why I shouldn't be a politician. Um, but I, I do love politics and, and understanding them and the intricacies and... I think that I could, I think
0: I'd be good at it. Um, so, yeah. Thank you, first off. Second, I once heard that it's, I, well, there are also a lot of veterans who are now politicians. Mm-hmm. And I think it's great to see, one, because it's politicians who decide we go, when we go to war. And a lot right. of the time, those politicians have never gone to war have never done any kind of training even you know what I mean yeah so it's nice to see like I would love to see someone like you taking up a position like that especially someone who has that experience you know and that would have a better grounding sense also and oh that's just wonderful to hear I love it Michael thank you all right next question what profession would you not like to do
1: Um, something where i feel like i'm i'm doing more hard in anything i i can't think of something specific right now but essentially any profession where I I feel like I'm doing more harm than than good where there's not an opportunity to give back in some way um, or be helpful, uh, which I don't don't even know what that would be because I feel like there's probably the opportunity to give back in any profession. Um, I mean, I like being a freelancer, so I guess an office job would suck, but I also... But I feel like there's things about an office job that I would really enjoy. So I feel, yeah, just something where I where I was having to be the bad guy constantly. Mm. But like, not because you had to deliver the bad news, because someone has to deliver the bad news. But like, where something nefarious. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Wow. I feel like I'm <laughs> letting you down hard right now. No. It's one,
0: one. <laughs> wonderful answer don't again right keep that that was a wonderful answer man i love it No, it's a good answer yeah yeah i think that i think that's all i have on that is like that's an if that's your honest answer that's a great answer fuck those (laughs) fuck those jobs (laughs) thank god for those who do it but like hey it's not for everyone okay you know that's that's okay that's okay yeah all right here's the final question Okay. If heaven exists, what would you like to hear God say when you arrive at the pearly gates? Oh man, I really liked
1: uh, what, what's his Dan Antonio or Dan, I can't Tom, what you Tom Daggett Tom, Dag, Tom, Tom. There we go. Yeah, <laughs> Tom Daggett. I loved his answer. I was like, man, that's a great answer. <laughs> I was like, good way to go. Uh, um. Oh man, I, what would I like to hear him say uh, or her or them? Uh, um, I don't know, hopefully good to see you. Let's talk, let's have coffee sometime. Like. I would just love to have a conversation,
0: mm.
1: you know, or I don't know, have a moment, have a moment of God, whoever that is, whatever that is, have a moment of that time, you know, I mean, yeah. there's a lot of knowledge, a lot of wisdom there.
0: Love it. Take it. Well, we did it, Michael. We got to the end of the podcast, your All first right. appearance on the Why the If Not podcast. You got through yeah. the questions. We got through the through the interview, thank you for the great conversation. And now we've gone to the portion of the show. If there's anything you would like, if there's anything you're doing right now, I know you're still active, acting and whatnot. If there's anything you'd like to just let the world know that you're in, please let them know. Um.
1: Yeah. Uh. My socials are at Michael Gmur. M i c h a e l G m u r. Mostly on the Insta. I was recently. In this web series called LoveGov, um, about just basically poking fun at all kinds of politics, and I got to play this tinfoil Ted, like conspiracy theorist hick dude. Um (laughs) and that was a lot of fun, so that'll be coming out in in the short while. LoveGov. Uh and um I've got this, there's this commercial that I shot that was a, a an homage of sorts to Beetlejuice, Michael Keaton's Beetlejuice, and it was for this uh, place down here called Bat City Scaregrounds. And so if you Google, or if you go to Instagram, Bat City Scaregrounds, and look for this Beetlejuice looking dude, or actually probably their YouTube page, Bat City Scaregrounds, like their most recent commercial uh yeah that was a really fun commercial and i I was really happy with that um and i thought it was funny um yeah i mean we've got some other stuff coming up but mostly indie stuff i don't know where it's going to be found or where you're going to find it or any of that stuff but yeah google michael gomer you know this whole treasure trove of weird shit (laughs) (laughs) go become
0: a treasure explorer yourself go go find the treasures of michael gomer on the internet (laughs) yeah yeah it's it'll get weird (laughs) (laughs) all right well hey thank you so much man thank you thank you thank you let's cut out of here and then go and i can go pee now i have to pee so bad i don't know about you i gotta pee so bad (laughs) right before before, look at that we're almost gonna hit like boom that was episode 75 of the why the f not podcast thanks for listening friends uh, if you would like to stay in touch with everything Michael Gummer is up to, all of his socials will be in the description below, as well as all the other projects he has been working on, including his work with Bat City Scaregrounds. Uh, and uh, Google his name, Michael Gummer. You know, like the way I ask y'all to Google my name, Google his name. It's always a fun little treasure hunt, right? Just go see what you find there. Uh, in the description, you'll find all my links. Hey check it out have fun subscribe uh, put some reviews up there I heard that's a thing people do You know, it helps the podcast let me know what you think let me know what your thoughts are about the show thus far you know maybe, I don't even know questions why not you just email the show email is there by the way there is an email for the show it's the podcast's email at gmail.com and that's also going to be in the description below uh, and oh yeah most importantly don't forget You're enough. You're more than enough. It's incredible how enough you are. Okay? Bye.